When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we're here at Marshall's with Liz for some holiday shopping. She's really nailing it this year, isn't she? Oh, yep. She's got a record player for Amy. A gorgeous cozy sweater for Jason. And some hot pink fluffy slippers for her sister. The perfect gift. Wait a sec. <gasps> She's getting a pair for herself. Well, with prices this good, it would be rude not to. You know what? She totally deserves it. Oh, totally. Happy holidays, everyone. See you at Marshall's. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at, at Marshall's. Marshalls. Hi, this is Jay Billis of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter is back with you all over the major platforms like Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Deezer, anywhere else you get your podcasts on your smartphone device. Download, subscribe, share. Really appreciate all of that, and the feedback helps an awful lot as well. We are brought to you by the Allen Angus Pub, Welch & Company Jewelers, Bryant and Stratton College, and our great friend Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual, New York State. Go with Brian today, advisors.massmutual.com. You can open up all of your accounts with Brian. Our financial future is so much more secure with Brian than it was beforehand. You might be sending a youngster off to school. You might be setting up your retirement. You might be moving. There's all sorts of things that you have to look at in life and the future financially. It can be stressful, but Brian can help you out with that all across the board. Maybe you're opening up a financial account for a grandchild, whatever the case may be, go with Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual, New York State, the official financial uh, financial advisor of the ML Sports Platter. So let's get into the New York Yankees pitching staff for 2021. The winter meetings, it's got to be pretty crazy because of the Zooming and all that nonsense that we've been dealing with with Corona. I cannot wait, just like everybody listening, obviously, till this is all over with. It's just, it's getting, it's just weighing on people, uh, people's mental health. I mean, it's just, we gotta, we gotta get, we gotta, we gotta get our lives back, man. It's just getting, it's getting wild. Um, but I want to focus in on the pitching staff. I realize that there are so many shows and podcasts and articles and all this stuff writing about you know, the obvious, which is DJ LeMahieu, right? Like, is DJ LeMahieu going to be back? Um, the Yankees need to get him back. I don't know. And that's important. And I know he's the machine. And I know that he's their best player. And I also know that, you know, he's important to what they do. And you can, he's extremely versatile. And you can play him at second and first and possibly even a little bit at third if you had to. I get all that. And DJ LeMay, he was clutch. But he's also 32. And, you know, if he's seeking out, like, him and his agent, like, these five- and six-year deals, like, I, I, I gotta, like, I gotta stay away from that. Um, the Yankees have a lot of offensive firepower. They need more balance in, in the order. Um, you know, 
I think you're hoping that maybe Giancarlo Stanton can stay healthy this upcoming year. Finally, you saw some stuff in the postseason go on that, that was great. But again, he's 30 already, like, and you have a huge contract there. You got to figure out what to do with Judge in the future. You got another several years of Aaron Hicks. I mean, this roster is not as young as people think. And I remember writing about this and doing videos and the like about, you know, the Yankees. Obviously, you might want to just start building around Glaber Torres at this point. What do you do at third? I mean, obviously, Gio Urshel is there, but do you try and piece together trade packages with guys like Andujar? And, I mean, Frazier is still trade bait, I guess. You've got Luke Voigt from a power standpoint, but you need more balance and you need more contact hitting. I know LeMahieu serves the purpose of contact hitting. The guy is obviously phenomenal. If you can get him at four years, I'd do it. But, man, anything more than that, I'm not sure. And I know that that's a centralized theme for a lot of Yankee fans, but... I don't think it should be. And what I mean by that is the Yankees have continued to um, fall short of the ultimate goal. And again, I have to preface it always with with saying, I don't expect the Yankees to win every year. I know it's hard every year. Uh, I understand all the the nuances, okay, in, in baseball and how hard it is to win and all this other stuff. And we haven't had... You know, a repeat winner in 20 years. And for all the people who are yelling and screaming that they want a salary cap, clearly the revenue sharing has worked. Because since 2000, we've had the Yankees win. We've had the Cardinals win multiple titles. The Red Sox have won four. We've had the Royals win a title. We've had the Angels. Uh, We've had the Marlins. You know, we've had the Giants multiple times. We've had, you know, the Rockies get to a World Series. You know, we've had the White Sox win a World Series. We've had the Astros. Um... We've had the Washington Nationals, so there's plenty of parity. We've had the Phillies. You know, the Rays have made multiple World Series, right? So, like, all this nonsense about, like, baseball being the cream of the crop and the payroll and all this sort of thing. I mean, yeah, the Yankees have won one, and the Dodgers have won one. You know, the Dodgers have spent three-plus billion dollars the last, what, five, six, seven years, and they have one World Series. Now, they have a lot of pennants now, and they have a lot of division titles now, and they have 100-win seasons so all those things look a lot better because they finally won one. Um, but you get the point. It's obviously, you know, hard to win championships. But where I've been angry as a Yankee fan and where I have said it a million times as a media guy and somebody who's, you know, quasi-covered the Yankees, been in the clubhouse multiple times, covers the Baseball Hall of Fame induction every year, runs pinstripepassion.com, Gets the best of the best, cream of the crop, baseball people on MLB uh, and, and Yankee people alike, authors, etc. People who are way more in the know than I am. Where I sit in terms of the frustration chair is that Brian Cashman, his biggest, his biggest area of failure, has been that he has been shortchanging the franchise from a pitching standpoint. Throughout the years, he has not gone out and gotten the big fish, right? He has failed to do so. Now, you want to go back 22 years and say, oh, well, he, Roger Clemens, right? You know, <laughs> he went out and got Roger Clemens. So we have, I mean, you had David Wells before that. You had David Wells. You had, you know, they traded Wells and Homer Bush, and I think it was Ricky Lede was the other piece, if I remember correctly. You can look that up and hit me on Twitter if I'm wrong. And I know people don't hesitate to do that these days. But, you know, they they trade to get Clemens, and, and they upgraded from Wells to Clemens, but if they didn't have Clemens, you know, the Yankees still would have been a perennial World Series contender year in, year out, because David Wells was still damn clutch in the postseason. 
okay, that was 22 years ago. But what about the last several years, right? It, it's been There's been two moves in 11 years, really, 12 years, and that's been it. And you've done it with money, straight-up money. That's it. You handed CeCe Sabathia a whale contract, then you re-upped him, right? And then you re-upped him again with the one-year deal type of thing. And then you go and give a boatload of money to Garrett Cole. Really, those are the only two. Like, you didn't go out and make crazy great trades, because every single trade that you've done, including Sonny Gray, has been horrific. Every international signing, including, well, Tanaka has actually worked out. Tanaka's been really, really good. He just hasn't been a part of a World Series winner. But Tanaka has actually worked out. So I'll give Cashman the, the benefit of the doubt there. Because, you know, you have to do those sealed bids and the like, and then if you get it, you got to give them the contract. So Tanaka worked out fine. Tanaka's been a really, really good Yankee. So I do give uh, credit where credit's due there for Cashman, for sure. Tanaka's been clutch in the postseason. He's pitched with a partial torn UCL. Uh, there's been longevity there. He's been a rock. I'll give him Tanaka, no doubt. So three guys. So Sabathia, Cole, and Tanaka. But again, they did it with money with Tanaka. But they did scout. They did have the international resources, etc. So it's both. I mean, they they gave him a, a, a well of a signed bid. They gave him a well of a contract. Okay, done deal. So I give him credit there. Plus the other side of it where he had all the resources and you just threw money, right? So, okay. So you scouted. You had the money. Okay, it's 50-50. Boom. But I'll give him credit in the end. Tanaka, Sabathia, Cole. Mostly, though, it was the money in the end. Okay. Trade, Sonny Gray. Eh. Other international signings, you know, Keigawa. I mean, the Yankees, they've blown these deals. They've blown trades, They and they have not gone out and gotten, at the time, the guy to put them over the edge, beating Houston, um, you know, during the Verlander year, the championship year, uh, going out and getting, I remember years back, they had an unbelievable chance to get Cliff Lee. They didn't do that because David Adams failed a physical, uh, because of his ankle, and then Cashman didn't put anybody in, else in there. I mean, you couldn't have thrown any AAA guy in there at the time for the most clutch, at the time, the most clutch postseason guy. I mean, if they get Cliff Lee, they, they go to the World Series at least once. Um, you know, they've blown it, and they haven't gone out and gotten a ton of pitching depth, and as this has happened... The Yankees have built this so-called mighty bullpen um, with the likes of Araldis Chapman, who I can't stand, by the way, Adam Adovino, Zach Britton, right? All these guys, Tommy Canely. Uh, they've built it with, with, these, with these arms. And, you know, Chad Green. And they've gone out and gotten some kind of guys who are in the middle right now. We don't really know who they are. You know, Michael King, Nick Nelson, you know, some of the farm guys, and Jonathan Loisica, uh, the Luis Cesses of the world, the Ben Hellers of the world, you know, through trades. He was acquired from Cleveland in the Clint Frazier uh, uh, deal. You know, Justice Sheffield, all those guys, Ben Heller for Andrew Miller. Uh, where all are all these guys? I have no idea. Um, and so by blowing trades and the majority of international signings and the fact that you cannot groom your own guys because let's be honest they have to throw a ton of money at Garrett Cole because they don't they can't groom anybody i don't know what the deal is with the yankees it's the my analogy has always been why can't lsu produce quarterbacks routinely i mean they're a football factory they send the most players to the pros right to the nfl from college in, in college football i mean every single year they're in the top 3 top 5 many times the last decade they've been number 1 sending guys to the NFL. Why can't they have a consistent quarterback 
why can't they get a guy to play at LSU? It makes no sense to me. You can't recruit a four or five-star guy from, I don't know, Louisiana, Alabama, California. Why can't LSU get that quarterback? Why can't they get one guy? Why can't they get uh, routinely a quarterback? I mean, Alabama goes from, you know, the Jalen Hurts to a Tunga Viola era right into Mac Jones, and he's probably going to win the Heisman Trophy. Alabama's probably going to win the national championship, and they don't miss a beat. LSU, last year, Joe Burrow was the A number one reason why they won the national championship. Now he's gone, and Brady's gone, and all the guys on the offense are gone in terms of their weapons and Jefferson and company. Look where LSU is right now. LSU is a disaster. They're a disaster, and Joe Burrow's in the pros. Obviously, I know the injury. That stunk, by the way. That was a horrible deal. But you get the point. Like How, how does LSU, <clears throat> as a perennial football power, not have a quarterback? How do the New York Yankees, as the most famous franchise in baseball, with all the resources and all the ability to go get people and, and scout and put tons of money into their farm systems and hire every coach they want, Like, how do you not develop one guy since Andy Pettit? Like, it makes no sense. And so that brings me to the pitching staff for 2021. Because what does it look like right now? I mean, as we record this, I think it's probably, I mean, from a lot of the reports that I heard just recently, like, it's unlikely the Yankees are going to bring Masahiro Tanaka back. Would I bring him back? I did my offseason how to fix the Yankees, and and I said, let's move on. Um... I've started to kind of change maybe and and meet in the middle. Um, I, I I mean, do you do you if you can get him at one year? I I mean, he's probably not going to sign one year. I know he loves New York. I know he loves the pinstripes. I know he loves a big stage. <laughs> can you can you do you give? I wouldn't give him two. If you can get him at one, okay, but, like, if the Angels are out there and they're like, hey, we'll give you a two-year, like, that would be a good fit for Tanaka, right? I mean, that's another huge, you know, Asian-American market. The Angels need pitching. You could slide him in at the three or the four. Like, the Angels would be a great fit, and they need arms, look like, galore. The Angels have constantly needed pitching. They keep blowing all this money for Anthony Rendon and Mike Trout's making, whatever, five, four, five hundred million dollars, right? But they need, you know, the Albert Pujols contract. They need pitching, period, end of discussion. I mean, my gosh. So, I think when the pitching staff, when it starts to round out, you've got Garrett Cole at the top, right? We know that. But my God, remember before the Yankees signed Garrett Cole, and trust me, I said that they needed to go spend whatever they needed to to get him, right? No doubt, no doubt. And they did it, and I'm glad. But isn't it amazing? It's ama- baseball. Baseball is amazing, Susan. Amazing, Susan. Yeah, the 2 1. Garrett Cole was the missing piece. He said, Oh, the Yankees don't have an ace. Once they get an ace, they'll be a World Series contender uh, even more, right? He's the one missing link. It takes pressure off Tanaka. It takes pressure off Jay Happ. It takes pressure off everybody else, right? Everybody else. <clears throat> Luis Severino gets injured. Domingo Herban is in the MLB domestic abuse custody. <laughs> you know, pitching staff falls apart. Jordan Montgomery comes back from Tommy John. He's up and down. And so now you have the powerful ace. Sure, that's great. 
but now the rest of the staff is a disaster. So it is again on Brian Cashman, like it was going into the 2004 season when George Steinbrenner said, here you go, buddy. Here are the keys to the kingdom. Go get me some pitching. Go figure this thing out. We need you to fix this. We need arms. And he went out and got Carl Pavano. (laughs) And he went out and got Javi Vasquez. And he went out and got Jarrett Wright. And later on after that year, he went out and got, you know, a Randy Johnson who somehow put up good numbers, but he was nowhere near the Seattle Mariner, Houston Astro, Arizona Diamondback, postseason, World Series, Game 6, you know, multiple game pitch in the World Series type of stuff. Nowhere near it. I mean, you know, Game 6, Game 7, multiple games. Uh, the Mariners, the Astros, the Diamondbacks, the dominating guy, the, the, the million Cy Youngs, the intimidating force from the left side, etc. I mean, he, he, he starts his career off with the, you know, the ridiculous bump in with the videographer there, with the, fo- with the, the photog, the video man, whatever it was. He's nowhere near that guy. He's not as dominant. You know, the Yankees went out and, I mean, they paid him a ton of money for an old Randy Johnson. Now... You want to look at numbers, and you want to tell me seventeen and nine, okay? I think that was his. I think his record was in and around there for a couple of years, okay? But that's like a number three or number four, and they were signing Randy Johnson to basically try and be an ace again, which is just—it's absurd. And they let Andy Pettit go. They were worried about his elbow, only to bring him back anyway later on, one-year deal, and again and again and again. So I think twenty twenty-one is very very similar to twenty. Uh, 2004 in a way, which we know ended up being the worst year in Yankee history, and we're just going to leave it at that. But, you know, the only difference is the Yankees came off a World Series loss. Really. I mean, that's that's it. In this particular case, the Yankees lose to the Rays. They don't even get to the World Series. But the expectations are for them to get to the World Series. They were last year to get to the World Series, even in a quirky 60-game COVID season, etc., the pitching staff looks a lot like that one, in a way, right? I mean, they have to probably go out and get somebody in free agency. Lance Lynn is gone. Do you take a shot at it? I mean, Trevor Bauer and Garrett Cole have a history together. Can they get along? I mean, are they big boys enough to get along on the staff? I don't know. Do you risk Trevor Bauer and his attitude and his mind with how he operates in baseball? I know that there's a lot of people with, oh, Trevor Bauer on Twitter, man. I wouldn't put up with that stuff, right? Well, isn't Trevor Bauer on Twitter basically what Reggie Jackson was in the late 70s talking to the media? You just didn't have social media then. You know, I mean, sometimes these athletes, I, 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 I would in a lot of spots say athletes don't get on Twitter. It, it's a no-win situation. You could tweet out, you know, happy birthday to my teammate or whatever else. What a great guy, clubhouse guy. Here we are pictured with our kids and our family. We love each other. And then somebody's going to go, oh, yeah, hey, nice start last time, asshole. You, 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 you're you going to keep the balls in the... Somebody's always going to reply with something negative. Always on social. Always. So you're going to have to put up with that, plus the criticism, plus if you go on that and you let it get to your... I mean, some athletes, you know, I would advise, like, don't ever get on there. Trevor Bauer relishes in it. He tweets. He criticizes franchises. He criticizes baseball. Uh, by the same token, he gives things away. He does stuff for charity. I don't even think Trevor Bauer on Twitter and what he does is really that big of a deal. I mean, he would basically be an outspoken, you know, flamboyant, 
guy with an attitude back in, in, in like a Reggie Jackson in the 70s or, you know, whoever through the years. I mean, look at Muhammad Ali. You know, Muhammad Ali with Howard Cosell. I mean, could you imagine that guy with Twitter, right? What's the difference between Trevor Bauer on Twitter and Muhammad Ali with Howard Cosell? Nothing. I mean, they're just flamboyant, opinionated athletes who criticize and say that they're the best at what they do. <laughs> I mean, so what? So do the Yankees break the bank for Trevor Bauer? Do you let, if LeMahieu wants five years, do you let him walk and then give Trevor Bauer a ton of money? Again, trying to avoid the Albatross contract because you have John Carlos Stanton on the roster already. you got to figure out what to do with Aaron Judge. You're going to have to deal with Glaber Torres. Do you go out and trade for Frankie Lindor and give him a boatload of money and make him an infielder and then move Torres back to second, you know, and keep Luke Voigt? Do you keep LeMahieu if you can get him at four years and try to trade Luke Voigt? get some prospects and spin them to Cleveland and get Lindor, you know, and then platoon LeMahieu, you know, have your <clears throat> first, second base type of a thing. LeMahieu mostly at first, Torres at second, Lindor at short, you know, Gio Urshela at third. I mean, I, God, I got to tell you, I like that lineup. I really do. I like that infield a lot. You know, I mean, what, what do you do? <clears throat> you know, what do you do with all that, right? I mean, how does that all work if you don't bring LeMahieu back? What I'm telling you is... And they brought back Gary Sanchez foolishly. He doesn't call a really good game. They have Higashioka backing him up. I mean, okay, all those things we know. But the pitching is the story. Who's in this rotation? You don't bring back Tanaka on a one-year deal. Okay, if you, I mean, probably not going to get him for one year, as I mentioned. So if Tanaka's not there, I don't think you should bring Hap back. Like, who is in this rotation? You're not going to get Luis Severino back for a couple of months, right? You're not. How does it all shape up? I'm going to tell you next. ML Sports Platter back with you. Brought to you by our great friends at Empower Federal Credit Union, Welch & Company Jewelers, and Bear Creek Restaurants. So here we go. So the the rotation, Garrett Cole is your ace. Period. That's your number one. That's all you know right now. I think eventually Severino getting back into the rotation, you, you pretty much think that, you count on that. I think the Yankees know more than we do about Herman, but you're thinking that he's in there somewhere. And then Jordan Montgomery is also going to be in there somewhere. And also, Davey Garcia is going to be in there as well, um, who really showed some promise. Would have been nice if he had you know pitched a little bit longer, but he got the quick hook thanks to the geeks in the front office. So here's what I'm looking at. <clears throat> I think the Yankees need to go out and get... I think what you're looking at here is three guys who are in and stapled in the rotation right now. You have Garrett Cole, <laughs> and look, Davey Garcia and Jordan Montgomery. If Garcia and Montgomery are your two and three, you're in trouble. I'd rather have those guys be your four and your five. So if Garcia and Montgomery are your two and your three, you've got to go out and get back-end people... And you're going to mix in, right, kind of a, a, a revolving door of Severino when he gets back sort of thing. You know, see where uh, other guys are. Do you kind of platoon the Luis Sessa thing again and starter, bullpen, etc.? Do you work that in? You're going to have a mix of play, And then you got to figure out, you know, what King can do. you got to figure out what Nelson can do. Are they long men? Are they at the back end of the rotation? You know, are they trade pieces? you got to go out, I think, and get one guy. Now, Lance Lynn just 
signed with the White Sox. you got got to go out and get one guy no matter what. Now, look, if you get Trevor Bauer and somehow him and Cole can get along, okay, you've got Cole and Bauer at the head of the rotation. And then the three, four, and five, you work in and mix and match. Severino eventually comes back, et cetera. I, think, I still think you need balance. You need a lefty. That's where Patrick Corbin would have been great. I would much rather have Patrick Corbin on the roster than John Carlos Stanton. Could you imagine if you could go Garrett Cole, uh, Patrick Corbin, and then work a Davey Garcia in and everybody else? That looks a lot better. But I wouldn't bring back Hap. Again, I'd bring back Tanaka only if you can get a one-year deal. I know what I said in the in the article and all the rest, but again, a one-year deal, it doesn't really hurt you. You can put him at the back end somewhere. But that's how it looks to me. Right now, you've got Cole, you've got Garcia, and you've got Montgomery, and then your four and your five, <laughs> Herman, Severino, signing a couple guys low dollar. I mean, you've got to figure out who in the world is going to be at the back end there. If you sign Bauer, the rotation looks totally different. But to me, it's going to be a shakeup. It's going to be a mix and match between either two and five or three and five, depending on if you make the big splash. And to me, this pitching rotation looks like a complete disaster on paper. Brian Cashman has his work cut out for him in a department that he fails at pitching, grooming pitching, and getting pitching. And if you're a Yankee fan, that should terrify you. Mike Lindsley, ML Sports Platter, all over the major platforms, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Deezer. Make sure you download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. Hit me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports. My YouTube channel, just search Mike Lindsley. Be on the lookout for my ML Sports takes and 9-Minute with Mike Lindsley segments. Thanks so much for listening here. The ML Sports Platter brought to you by our great friends at CNY Electrical and Pellera Contracting. Log on to PelleraContracting.com. If you're in and around the greater New York State and you need that roof work done, man, it is worth it in the wintertime. Pellera Contracting, getting it done. Free consultations, and they'll take care of your outdoor stuff as well, including composite decks. Pellera Contracting, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Thanks also to Empower Federal Credit Union, World of Beer, Destiny USA, and our terrific friends at Stanley Law Offices. Log on to StanleyLawOffices.com. It's simple. Just call Joe. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. Keeping your government agency secure from cyber threats is a growing concern across the public sector. And trying to keep up with the latest technology can cause information overload. GovWhitePapers is a content hub for understanding the latest technology trends in government cybersecurity, AI, cloud computing, and more. So you can keep your agency safe without scouring the internet. Join for free and discover the best practices government and industry are sharing. Visit GovWhitePapers.com today. That's G-O-V-WhitePaperS.com. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too. And with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus. Made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. 
Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.